tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome back to the show. Today is Wednesday, February 7th. Uh, I feel like we're home. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new to my show, which lots of you guys are, this is a daily show, Daily Dose of Donna, five days a week, Monday through Friday, unless, of course, for a holiday or an emergency or an illness or a kid getting called from sick, like sick from school. You know, life happens. Life happens, but I always show up. I always show up at least, I would say five days a week I'm here, okay? And that's more than you can say for most other people who are doing podcasts. We try to deliver the content over here on DDOD. DDOD sounds bad, huh? DDOD. Daily Dose OD. Coming to a theater near you. Welcome for those of you who are new. I appreciate having you here. We talk about all kinds of things. We talk pop culture. We talk celebrity. We talk about documentaries, books that I'm reading. I was thinking about it yesterday and we'll talk a little bit about this today. I am one of those people. I feel like I'm a, a multimedia type of person because I, at the same day, in the same day, I do the following. I listen to podcasts. I listen to books. I read physical books. I watch documentaries. I watch TV shows. I'm like, what? what's next? Like, I need to write. I need to be a, an author. I mean, I feel like I'm just all over the place. I'm watching YouTube. I'm, I like it all. I like it all. I just like entertainment. I like to be entertained. And you guys entertain me. Oh, that's so funny. DDOD is Dodd backwards. <laughs> Kelly Dodd. Kelly Daily Dose of Donna. <laughs> oh my gosh, too funny. Okay, so we've got a lot of great stories today. We're definitely going to be talking all about Vanderpump. We're going to be talking about some stories that have come out around Vanderpump. And then, of course, we're going to talk about just like some other little things, little things here and there. Um, just a shout out, though, to the first of my two sponsors for Daily Dose. This week, the first is BetterHelp. We are sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash D-A-N-A and get on your way to being your best self. Yesterday, I talked to all about Selena, the singer, and her stalker. You guys sent me so many insane DMs. We also talked about Charms, Charmed the Show, and Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty. I got a DM from the casting director of season two through six of Charmed. So she and I are going to get on the phone in the next couple 
couple of days because I need to find out all the info about what really happened behind the scenes over there. But the goal here is that no matter what, we're talking about mental health because you don't need to actually be like mentally healthy. Uh, you don't actually have to have a mental health uh, disease or anything to those to that nature to need therapy. All of us are getting inundated constantly with with negativity, with online um, comparison, with feeling not enough, maybe inadequate in our physical self, in our emotional self, in our career, in our finances. You know, we need a lot of building up inside self-love self-love is so important and the the best kind of way to love yourself is to learn about yourself and to grow and to work with someone always helps you know you can read the books you can listen to the podcast we all do that but i want to make sure that you also are talking to people and sharing because sometimes just venting it out helps a lot. So if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist for no additional charge. I would like to be able to switch anyone for no additional charge in life. Like, wouldn't that be nice that you could just like go through your life and be like, mm, not like it. I, I want this instead. I want this instead. No, I don't like this. Like clueless, you know, the clueless closet. Like you press a button and it's just like mm -mm -mm, for everything in your life, right? So visit betterhelp.com slash Donna for 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Donna, D-A-N-A. Thank you, BetterHelp. Okay. Speaking of BetterHelp, I'm going to, I better help you. I better help you enjoy Valentine's Day this year. Because if you're here in Los Angeles, or even if you're not here in Los Angeles, did you hear that I'm going to be um, appearing at Zach Peter's? Bourbon Room, Valentine's Day Night. I can't even remember what he actually called it. It's a love. It's a night of love. It's a night of love with, you know, Zach Peter and I, since we have such a love connection. Um, it's called the No Filter Night of Love, and I will be there. It's at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood on February 14th. That is actually on Valentine's Day. So you best believe that my Valentine Lance Bowling will be with me. And I'm also going with a couple other friends, people that you guys know from the space. And I'm really excited about it because... I'm going to be on a panel. I think I'm going to be with Patrick and Paul. Um, I know that Kristen Tegman will be there, some other special guests, all of Zach's boys. And we just had such a good time the last time we were there um, that I would highly suggest that you get your own tickets if you can't come live in Los Angeles. Definitely at least get your live stream tickets to make sure that you can, you know, celebrate love with us. And you know me. You know me, all I want to do is, uh, you know, spread love all the time. I'm just one big lump of love. And also, did you notice, if you're watching on YouTube, your girl refilled her candy jar with all kinds of Valentine's candy. Now, if you're not watching, you're missing out. We've got a lot of pinks. We've got a lot of reds. We've got some silvers. We got some Dove milk chocolate and dark chocolate. We've got a bunch of different kinds of Hershey's, right? Because we got the white chocolate hugs. We've got the meltaways. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This thing will slowly go down. And it's not just because of me. My kids do come in this room. 
And sometimes I'll leave them here for like 10 minutes and I come back and half my candy's gone. So don't you worry. But I don't, I, I'm not sure if that's going to last. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's going to last. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, let's keep talking about all kinds of things that we have going on today. Speaking of love, Morgan Wade finally shut down those haters. Morgan Wade had talked to Kyle Rich or had had been having a lot of like um, online chatter, especially because of page six, that she has deleted all her pictures of Kyle Richards on her Instagram. And <gasps> did Kyle delete all of Morgan Wade's pictures from Instagram as well? The answer is yes and no. Okay. Morgan Wade did. She scrapped her entire Instagram page minus just a couple of posts about this upcoming album. Then Kyle Richards, from what I saw, didn't change a damn thing on her Instagram. I kept seeing pictures of Morgan Wade. I saw the pictures of her and Morgan. I saw the pictures of her on vacation when she was with Morgan. So I was very confused by this page six article. Also, uh, Morgan Wade had scrapped her Instagram of all these pictures. Like, Weeks ago, I don't know, page six was like sleeping through this, okay? Page six needs to get with the program. But meanwhile, over the weekend, a lot of you guys saw on TMZ that Morgan Wade was performing at the Nashville Country Hall of Fame, I believe it is. And Kyle Richards was front row filming for the documentary or maybe just as a friend. It doesn't matter. Regardless, Morgan finally took a picture with Kyle Posted on her Instagram stories saying for all you people that thought that we hated each other, we're fine. Okay. Why is this significant? It's not. But why are we talking about it? Because everyone is so concerned with their friendship. But here's why I know that it's annoying. Or here's what's annoying about this, I should say. The whole story that we keep hearing is that Kyle Richards doesn't like all this attention that is being put on her and Morgan Wade, right? There's so much negative attention. It's like Morgan didn't ask for this and she doesn't want this attention. And I feel so bad that I've thrust her into this. Girl, please. I think we can all pretty much assume that if you are a musician, if you are a artist, if you're a creative type where your livelihood depends on how many people are following you and how many people know your name so that they buy your album, buy your tickets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I would believe, I would like to believe that you would like to have your name in everyone's mouth. I don't care if they hate you or they love you, your name's in their mouth, meaning they're talking about you, meaning they're looking you up, meaning they're following you, they're streaming you. I have become a Morgan Wade music fan because of Kyle Richards and because of a lot of the Facebook group. Shout out, Josh, huge Morgan Wade uh, fan. And so we hear about these things through this experience. Morgan Wade is thanking her lucky damn stars that she is close with Kyle Richards, whether it's friends, whether it's more. It doesn't matter. Kyle is arguably the most famous you know, reality star out there. Right? She's one of the most famous reality stars out there. And there's absolutely no reason, absolutely, Mauricio, no reason that Morgan Wade would want to eliminate some of these eyes. You guys have to remember the rumors that are happening, the rumors and the nastiness about the husband, the rumors that are being dropped about Morgan Wade and Kyle Richards are what? That they are lesbian lovers, right? Why would this be upsetting to Morgan? Morgan is, as far as I know, a lesbian, right? 
She's had girlfriends before we know this. This is not new news. It's not like she's getting outed in any capacity. And if she's in a relationship with Kyle, if they actually are in a relationship, then I would imagine she's okay with this rumor being spread. Maybe Kyle is not okay with the rumor being spread because she hasn't actually, you know, um, she hasn't actually like separated, separated from Mauricio. They're separated, but it hasn't been official. And maybe she doesn't want her daughters to know, et cetera, et cetera. But this does not hurt Morgan's way, Morgan Wade's career in any capacity. I know a lot of you guys are fans of Morgan Wade's music from before the Kyle Richards effect. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that if Kyle Richards, like, do you think Kyle Richards entrance into Morgan Wade's universe has lessened your liking of Morgan Wade anymore? Or do you feel like it has ruined your feelings of Morgan Wade, your positive feelings of Morgan Wade. I don't think from what I've seen and heard from you guys that are fans, I don't think anyone's been like, ew, I'm not into Morgan anymore because of Kyle Richards. I don't think so. I think most people really do like, um, like Morgan and they like her now just the same or if not more, right? I think for Kyle, and you know, the comments are interesting, right? Because I did get a comment here from what uh, Wanda saying, because Kyle is a married woman with family, maybe Morgan feels some kind of empathy, meaning she doesn't really want to out Kyle, et cetera. Well, if that was the case, if that was the case, I feel like this is an episode of Clue or Traders in the library with the candlestick. Why was Morgan Wade? posting that she and Kyle are fine on our Instagram stories. You know, there's a tale. There's an, there's an old, an old fairy tale. Not really, <laughs> but we all know this. Okay. If you are drawing attention to something in order to shut something down, right? If you want to shut down the rumors, if you want to quiet something down, you know what the best way to do it is? not talk about it at all, right? Literally ignore the situation. And if you do want to talk about it, even to shut down the rumors, all it does is it gets people talking about it. That's why it's upsetting to me when I, whenever I see the Kyle and Morgan and Kyle and Morgan, by the way, are just one of the hundreds of stories that we're seeing like this in the media all the time, right? That it's like when people go out of their way to be like, I have to shut down the rumors that you guys are talking about. And it's fine. You do that one time, but you don't consistently do it. You don't keep talking about it when no one's talking about it. Right. Cause no one was real. I mean, yes, yes. People were saying Morgan on um, Morgan, you know, eliminated all her pictures on Instagram or whatever. And then Kyle was seen at here in Encino at Starbucks and she was seen and they, you know, paparazzi got her and they were like, what's going on? And she said, this is a very common thing that musicians do before they release an album. It could have just been left at that. Kyle Richards was seen in Nashville, they, but for Morgan to post the picture, Hey everyone, by the way, we're fine. That is a blatant sign of saying, please still talk about us. Please talk about me. And listen, I don't hate the player. I just think that the game of it is, it's so obvious, right? To anyone that works in this industry, it's so obvious. That's why like 
you know, so many people want to kind of always talk about their haters and, and everyone that goes after them. And I get, I fall into that. I've done that before. Trust me, I've done it. And I'll fall into this sometimes because I get so frustrated with it. But the more I do it, the more I realize like, no, you're just giving attention to negativity. You actually want to give attention to the positive in your life. And the reason, not only just in your life, but like in your orbit, and my um, East Coast correspondent, Molly Dare, always tells me the best thing. She's like, if you if you focus on the negative, right, and all the negative press and all the negative haters and negative, 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 what happens is you leave your positive, the people that are positive and your fans behind. And I just think that's a really interesting way to look at being an online persona in any capacity. It's like there's a lot of people out there that are really standing for all these celebrities, like really big fans of all of these polarizing celebrities. And if all you do is talk about the people that don't like you, then what about that person that's just been sitting there and like really supporting you through all in all? Why don't you talk about them? Right? Why aren't you talking about the people that freaking show up to everywhere you go on your live feeds like you guys today? Right? So I'm talking about you guys. You are in my, uh, eyes today. My, my loves. All right. So I thought, I thought that was just interesting. I, I am so happy for Morgan and Kyle go off and live your freaking life, whether it's friends, lovers, scissors, sisters, who cares? It doesn't matter. Just live your lives. Just live your lives. Um, okay. Here's another couple that I listened to this morning that I think is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I just started the show by saying that I listen to podcasts every day, multiple podcasts, audiobooks. like currently on rotation right now in my audiobooks, I'm listening to some self-help type books, but I'm also li listening to Crystal Hefner's um, autobiography, which I'm going to talk about on my Patreon. And then I'm going, I'm listening to, I just started the situations um, memoir. I love a celebrity biography. I love an autobiography or a memoir. Like, and I want to listen to them. I always want to do audible when it comes to a celebrity book. Then I'm reading a book by Zibby Owens. That's a whole other story. Do you guys know who Zibby Owens is? I can't wait to get into that. It's a great book. And then it's called Blank. And then I am um, also, I just watched the documentary of... Martha Stewart, the four-part documentary, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart. That's for CNN. It is unbelievable. I'm blown away by her. Like, I just want to know more about Martha Stewart. I mean, I learned a lot, but I want to know more. And I'm watching Feud. I mean, so all this stuff we'll cover on Patreon later. But okay, this morning I listened to Bravo's Hot Mic podcast. This is the Alex Baskin um, hosted podcast. Alex Baskin, you guys should know his name. He is an executive producer of Vanderpump Rules, OC, Beverly Hills, um, what a thrill. And he's been around forever. He's, um, you know, a smart guy. He obviously understands how to create uh, good TV. And he has this podcast for Bravo. It's a paid podcast. So it's kind of like a Patreon. You only can listen to it in its entirety if you pay for it. And he had Gretchen and Slade Smiley on his show today. Now, normally when I see the names Gretchen Rossi and Slade, Sli Slade Slimy, <laughs> Slade Slimy is his new name. That was a not on purpose, um, you know, pun. So it's Slade Smiley and Gretchen Rossi. Normally when I see that they're on a show, on a podcast or anything, which I don't see that often because they're kind of MIA in my, you know, eyes. I, I turn the channel. I'm like, I'm not interested. This is not something. 
But because I do really like Alex and I like his interview style and he really knows these people, like when he interviews his people, they really respect him and look up to him. So they answer all the questions. Like Shannon, his his interview with Shannon Bedore was so good that I listened to that going down the slopes in Mammoth. I just remember that. So I I was interested and I listened to it this morning. I will say one thing, which is just bananas. How in the world, out of all those OC families, OC girls, all those OC housewives, how in the world are the only ones that are still together, Gretchen and Slade? It just goes to show it's like a Heidi and Spencer. Everyone used to watch The Hills and Laguna Beach. I mean, well, I guess it was only The Hills for for them. And everyone just hated um, Spencer so much. Spencer Pratt, everyone just felt like he was just like the worst. And Heidi also just had such a bad reputation on that show. And she just came off like such a, you know, inauthentic, you know, not a good friend, et cetera, et cetera. And look at them. Look at them. So many years later, uh, Spencer and Heidi are living their best lives, married with kids. You know, they have a very successful life. They have a podcast, et cetera. So it just goes to show that a lot of times we have this feeling about these people that we just like to take them down. Horrible, horrible. And then they end up being the ones that get through it. I almost wonder if it's because of a couple of reasons. Like if you go through so much scrutiny as a couple, when you first get together, like a Gretchen and Slade or like a Spencer and Heidi, or if you guys can think of anyone else, people, you know, that the world hates you, essentially. If you can get through that, maybe it's like smooth sailing after that. Maybe it's like, it's one of those things that if you start being like the the prized couple that everyone loves, Kyle and Mauricio, and then there starts to be cracks in the, in the foundation, because that's just life, but you can't handle it because you've never really gone through hardship right? It's almost like I can only imagine, yeah, that's really interesting, trauma bonding. And Andrew says they're both not on TV, so that helps. A hundred percent. One hundred percent being on TV is so, I think, like catastrophic for a relationship. Uh, I think uh, someone said, oh, Michelle said, Slate is the OG Johnny Jansen, Dirty John. Dirty John Jansen coming to a boat near you. He is, but he's not. So, okay. Listen, this episode is interesting. They've been together 15 years. They've known each other 25 years. Slade knew Gretchen way back in the day, like when he was with Joe, even before. Did you know Gretchen was a very successful real estate agent in Newport Beach and she was doing really well before Housewives? Did you know that when she interviewed for Housewives, she ended up getting on the show because, um, because number one, Slade suggested her to production. Slade had already done that the season with Joe. And then I think Slade was on season two, maybe possible. And then he suggested Gretchen to come onto the show to producers because he was working with Alex Baskin and Evolution and all these networks and all these studios. He was working on Date My Ex. If you guys remember, Date My Ex was the first spinoff of Real Housewives of OC. And it was a competition dating show like Bachelor, but about your ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends or whatever. And it was Slade and Joe. They did the first season. And he said that Andy Cohen wanted them to come back for the second season because it was so good, but Joe did not want to hook Slade up with anyone. She didn't want to do it. Now, meanwhile, Slade had become friendly with Gretchen through work stuff and had introduced Gretchen to Joe. And Gretchen was meanwhile with Jeff. Remember her, her, um, 
a boyfriend who they were just boyfriend, girlfriend, right? They weren't married who was very old and he was not very old, but he was very sick and he was an older man. And when Gretchen first got on the show, Jeff apparently is the one that pushed her to do it. Said, I'm so sick of living this life. It's all sickness. It's all cancer. It's really depressing. Like go out and live your life. Gretchen said she walked onto Housewives really thinking she was going on a show to just like have fun and, and drink wine with girlfriends and whatever. And she didn't realize that she was going into the lion's den. She definitely talked badly about Tamara. She said that she and Tamara have got their issues for sure. And Tamara has a major, major issue with Gretchen still, still brings her up on the podcast. Gretchen thinks it would be really good to have her come back on the show to come at Tamara and to have that, um, you know, that dialogue back and forth. Um, Gretchen, and they talked about why Gretchen is so like triggering for people on reality TV. And Gretchen said something that I thought was so interesting. She's like, here's the truth. I think just people don't like me immediately when they see me. Like I am just immediately people are off put by my energy and my presence, which I've never, ever heard anyone say that like so easily. There's a few people that I can think of, of that, but I've never really felt that about Gretchen. But she said that most people don't really like me. She goes, I have a relationship. You know, I have my girlfriends and I have a strong relationship with, with Slade and my daughter. But she said, <clears throat> she said, I believe, I, she goes, I'm 46 years old now. And I think at this point in my life, I can honestly say that people are jealous. When you say that, I just, it's just not a good look, Right. You can think that people are jealous of you, but when you say like, they're just jealous, it brings me back to high school shit. Um, I'm, I, look, I was interested in this, in this interview. Oh, another thing that they talked about, they don't like Alexis Bellino. It's very clear, but they said that they were really off put by Alexis making that comment at BravoCon when they were presenting Vicky with a housewife of the year and, or the housewife achievement award or whatever it is. And Alexis said something along the lines of like, I'm the only one that hasn't had sex with Slade Sli Smiley, <laughs> Slimy. <laughs> so they were like, that, that, was, that moment was about Vicky. I'll just never get over the Vicky pig scene. When they're, she's dressed in pink, it's like an 80s event. I don't remember the season. I just know Gretchen and Slade were in this corner of this restaurant and Vicky walked in and, <laughs> and yelling and it was about people calling her looking like a pig. Like it was crazy. It was nuts. Um, that was a good podcast episode though. So you guys don't have to listen to it. Here's another person that was on a podcast. Did you, are you guys interested at all in this? This is real random, but call her daddy, call her daddy, Alexander Cooper. You guys know this. We've talked about call her daddy a few times on the show before she has good guests. Sometimes I really don't listen to her podcast. I really don't. But when she has a good guest that I'm interested in, like when she had Ariana and she has had some really good ones, she had um, Dylan Sprouse. I listen to those shows. Like I'll listen to some of them. Or was, did she have Cole? I can't remember now. But um, Miley Cyrus's mom and sister were on her show. Miss Cyrus is such a trip for me. She is such a trip. Now, remember, I was in this world, right, when Tish was stage mom, right? She was a stage mom. Miley was very, very young and working on Hannah Montana and Tish was always around. And that was when Billy Ray was around. Do you guys remember that Billy Ray um, and Miley are not on good terms? Because Miley Cyrus did not thank Billy Ray Cyrus at all at the Grammys. She just moved completely away from talking about her dad. She talked about her mom. She talked about her siblings. 
she did not mention her dad. And I just find it really crazy considering that she and her dad were on Hannah Montana for so many years together. And really, let's be honest, the reason that she has her career is because of her dad's connections. You know, I'm sure she would have been, uh, a, she's a very successful, you know, actress and singer, but I don't know if Hannah Montana would have hired her considering um, at the time, you know, she had a lot of, she wasn't like at the top of her game, right? She couldn't say certain words because she was like, she had a, like a little bit of a speech impediment at the time. And uh, I just don't know if she would have gotten the role of Hannah Montana had Billy Ray not been attached as well. So I just think it's interesting. But Tish says that she went through an entire month of a psychological breakdown when she was going through the divorce with Billy Ray. Now they had been together forever and ever and ever. So it totally makes sense that it would throw your life completely, you know, off in some way, but she calls it a complete psychological breakdown as her marriage fell apart. Now, remember they had a very, very interesting back and forth situation, her and Billy Ray for a while, but on the podcast, she said she made the difficult decision to leave him in 2020 after her mom died or the same year her mom died. She said it was so crazy because honestly, my two biggest fears in life were being alone and my mom passing away. And so in one year she went through both, which is pretty crazy. She said, I just don't know. Um, she said, I used to say, I just don't know if I'll survive when my mom dies. And I had like one month of honestly, a complete psychological breakdown. It was the worst thing. Like, honestly, it was not good. She recalled calling. Oh my gosh, we have so much. <laughs> she recalled calling celebrity psychiatrist, Daniel Amen, Dr. Amen, A-M-E-N. I need to know what you guys think about Dr. Amen. If you know anything about it, I will absolutely talk all about this. This is super interesting, such a deep dive because Dr. Amen, he's a brain doctor and a lot of celebrities go to him for a variety of reasons, including Derek Huff and Haley. They were with him in a picture yesterday. Remember I talked about how she had that horrible surgery. So I think that'll be an interesting, maybe that's a good deep dive uh, Patreon moment because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of confusion around him. She says, I could not eat. I could not sleep. I could not stop crying. I weighed like 130 pounds. She looks a lot smaller than that. And if you can't eat, like I'm surprised that, that that's it. I don't have my mom. I don't have my husband. That's been my husband for 30 years. Like, holy crap, I'm scared. She then explained that Billy Ray had gone to Tennessee during COVID while she stayed in California. So that's kind of, that was the final end. She said, our marriage had not been in a good place for a long time. And I think I did stay so long out of fear, literal fear of being alone. How many people have done that? Um, now she's saying that she, uh, her solitude is hugely transformative. Uh, yeah. She just said, uh, she remembers, you know, I have to just like finish it and end it. Now, this is really interesting. She finally filed for divorce in 2022. Um, and then the achy breaky heart singer, that's Billy Ray Cyrus, got engaged to a musician, Joanna Fire Rose Hodges. They tied the knot in October 23. And meanwhile, um, Tish has remarried Dominic Purcell from Prison Break. A lot of you guys have watched Prison Break and um, I loved Prison Break. Like what a show. That was a great show. That was when network TV like knocked it out of the park. When was the last time you watched a show on network TV? I'm talking about ABC, CBS, NBC, like Fox. When was the last time you watched a show on those 
channels that you can't not, like you cannot stop talking about. I feel like for me, it was like parenthood. I loved parenthood so much, but everything else. eh. Now, she also talked a lot on the show about the devil's lettuce. So Tish is a massive pot smoker, apparently, and she literally did not want to ever go down this this path because she felt like it was a gateway drug. Like everyone grew, growing up always said, like, a weed is a gateway drug. Well, for me, it's a gateway to uh, paranoia. But for a lot of people, they really, really enjoy some, you know, marijuana in some capacity, whether it's smoking, eating, drinking, you know, to calm their brain or for pain or for anxiety or for whatever. Um, For example, like Lance, when he smokes or when he, you know, is a little high. He's super productive. He's like talkative. He's on it. He's like, he's walking from room to room. He's like more active as a dad. When I'm high, I'm effed. Okay. We've talked about this before. You do not want to see it. When I'm high, I'm laying in bed wondering like, how do I get more ice cream in my mouth? But I can't stand up to go to that bathroom, to the, to the kitchen to get the ice cream. So I just have to sit here and like live in the desert of a dry mouth, hoping that at some point someone comes and saves me from this hell. But that's just my experience. You know, everyone has a different experience with the devil's lettuce. And Tish said that it helped her tremendously to sleep. She said she was taking Ambien and she absolutely was not able to uh, feel like she was taking it, but she was, it was, had all these bad side effects. And marijuana was the first thing that put her to sleep. Do you think she's taking the Vena CBD THC that I'm taking? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You guys are wondering, actually, a lot of you have asked. So I started taking the Vena. I can't remember. It's not lights out. It's the other one. I'll have to get it and and look at it. But I posted about it on my Facebook group and it has two milligrams of THC and something else of CBD, a little bit more of CBD. And I was really worried to take it because I thought it was going to make me stony baloney, but it didn't. I mean, and if it did, I'm pretty much sleeping throughout. So I've been sleeping super well these last few nights. So um, thank you, Tamara Judge, Eddie Judge, and Vina, because you guys are getting my pep in my step back. And I appreciate that tremendously. Do you guys care at all that Kim Kim Kardashian, that Kim Zolciak Bierman is selling cashmere collections? Is anyone interested? Does anyone give a crap about the Biermans anymore? I am on the level of one to 10 in terms of caring about the Biermans. I'm at a solid 1.25. The Biermans are a lost cause, but she did have a company still. Who knew? Called Cashmere Collections. Of course, that's with K's because she is the original Kim Kardashian, don't you guys know? And she has sold it to the the founder of the 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition to me is like such a, um, watch, you guys love 310 Nutrition. They had all the shakes and everything. It felt like such a moment of, I don't know, it felt like the, like the fat, uh, the, the tummy teas. Do you remember how all the housewives and all the reality stars were talking about their flat tummy tees? That's what it feels like. Who is buying cashmere collections? I don't even know what it is, but check the expiration date on any of your cashmere collections items because I'm convinced that most have exceeded their expiration, whether it's creams, whether it's food. I have no idea. Buy. Buy and no. It's a no for me, dog, right? All right. I think it's time. I think it's time that we talk VPR. 
All right. Did you guys watch? I got a lot of comments about don't hate so much on VPR. Oh, wait, before we get into VPR, I have to shout out my second sponsor of this week's show. And that is Robody, because we were just talking about Tish Cyrus stopped eating for so long because she was so stressed out. Well, that is the unhealthy way to lose weight. Did you know that? Yes, I know a lot of people like to starve themselves and, 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 you know, not eat, but that is not the right way to do it. In fact, the right way to do it is a mix of lifestyle, of diet, of medication, of all kinds of things. And Row Body is a good option for you because it provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Will you be the 2001? Row Body's programs have support throughout the entire process. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. Average weight loss is 15 to 20%, like I said, with healthy lifestyle changes. So go to row.co slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A. Of course, sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that medication costs are separate. Go to row.co slash data d-a-n-a thanks guys thanks robotty robotty all right vpr you guys i didn't even take notes on vpr this is i watch vpr like this i i can't decide if i like the show or not right now i am interested in it that's a good sign episode one i was bored episode two i'm kind of into it i'm kind of uh you know I don't know. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. But I was watching it from a different kind of perspective. And I'll tell you why. I truly feel that we are not watching a TV show, like a reality show. We're watching the behind the scenes of everything we already know. Like, this is what I think is really happening. Back in, you know, Scandal happened in March. Okay. So then the summer happened and then they started shooting. I can't remember what month they started shooting. Does anyone know like when Tom Sandoval's birthday is? If anyone can find out for me, that would be amazing. But I'm thinking we're in the summer-ish time. And I feel like we've watched everything already because we've all been on TMZ. We've seen Daily Mail. We've seen Page Six. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're watching every single person's accounts of every single thing that we're seeing. And now we're just watching the making of it. Does anyone understand like what I'm saying? It's like we've watched the movie, but now we're going behind the scenes. It's unreal how clearly they're not able to separate the idea of this being just like reality stars on a TV show because of the amount of focus and energy on all of the other people filming them, just like cell phones in their faces. We'll get to that in just a moment because this was an episode that kind of shouted out the end of Pump. It was like uh, an homage to Pump, which is Lisa Vanderpump and Ken's 10-year-long outdoor garden restaurant in West Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard. It's a few doors down from um, Tom, 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 between kind of around the corner from Sir, a few doors down from Tom, Tom, a very, very expensive, but uh, ideal place to own a restaurant or a bar, especially if you're, you know, for that West Hollywood crowd. Okay. July 7th is his birthday. So this is July. This is July. So just try to remember this, you guys, when you watch these shows, like we're, we're right now in February, but we're watching 
April, May, June. We're watching three months post Scandable. So it's really, it's really weird because it's hard not to remember like where we were at that time in our lives <laughs> as if we're on the show, right? I am on the show somewhere. I'm sure I'm in there. I feel like I was there. I drove by their house, remember? Um, okay. So the show, the episode starts with what we've already seen because everyone already watches the first seven minutes or six minutes. And this is the incredibly uncomfortable conversations between Ariana, Tom, and the lovely assistant. Is her name Anna? Something along those lines. Okay. No offense to the assistant. Truly no offense to her. But have you guys ever met personalities like her? Have you ever met personalities? like that assistant. And this is what I mean by this. I am sure Anna does a very good job as an assistant. Working for Tom Sandoval cannot be easy. There's got to be a lot of things that that are very challenging. I want that job like, like I want a root canal, right? But the way that she approaches Ariana, if I were Ariana, I would be so goddamn annoyed if this happened to me every single Hi, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just I'm scared, but I need can I can I ask you is that a mm-mm. I would be like spit it out. Tell me what what? Your job is an assistant. Now, I bless Ariana's heart. She was being as nice as she possibly can to him, but what an annoying situation for Ariana in this situation, right? Now, this is by choice. She doesn't want to communicate with Tom. So you can look at it both ways. Like Anne doesn't need to be there communicating with Ariana unless Ariana said, I will not communicate with you, Tom. But the personality, I'm like, I would just be like, put it in a text. Get to it. Get to it. Come on. Chop, chop. Not to be mean to Anne, the assistant, bless her heart. But like that, can you imagine for every little thing in your entire life, every little decision? Now, Ariana was a little snappy with her, but I kind of understood it. I kind of understood it. She's like, um, she sent a text. So Jason's going to be coming over soon. Ariana's like, great. I won't be here. So downstairs. So, 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 uh, so uh, sorry, Ariana, but Jason, did you see my text that Jason? She's like, yeah, I saw it. It's my house. I'm living. I'm living here. Okay. It just, it, it was like a little, it was a little much for me. That kind of personality is, is a lot. And notice, yes, all of her text messages is like, sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry. Hey, how are you? Did you notice? Is this a millennial? This is like a young person thing. This is a Gen Z thing, right? The, the you to say you is a Y O U, you, 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 or like K, 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 K. Or sorry, S-O-R-R-Y. Like, it's very, very, um, I don't know. I'm more of like, get to business. Get, to, get Let's get to it. Let's get to the business. So anyway, I do think that it will be a um, interesting time to see it, how Anne kind of goes through this process. But uh, she's very sorry about you to Ariana. Now, Ariana, in this moment, she is fresh out of Scandaval. Remember that. Because looking at the scenes, look, looking at these scenes, you can see, Ariana, you're acting a little bit like. If you look at what Ariana is doing in these episodes, it could seem a little petty. But we do have to place ourselves back in July. Place ourselves back into July and try to remember this. Okay? She's very bitter. Anne says Tom wants to have a birthday here. 
Ariana says, that's not going to happen. I'm going to call the police. Then Anne ends up going back to Tom and Tom says, well, can you just like at least, I mean, dude, can you just like at least like tell her that like by 12, like, yeah, dude, like what the hell? Now let's talk about Jason. Jason, Tom's friend comes on over. A lot of you guys recognize Tom, Jason because Jason was the Schwartz to Sandoval for a few months there because Schwartz was MIA. Schwartz was scared for his life and was trying to, you know, escape Alcatraz, meaning escape Sandoval's presence. And all he could do was he kept getting attacked by sharks and getting, coming back to Sandoval or to Sandoval and he's there. But Jason was the Schwartz to Sandoval for a while. He was the fill-in girlfriend, fill-in battered wife. Jason, this is the connection. Jason is not only the drummer on Sandoval's band, but Jason's wife is Howie Mandel's producer on his podcast. So now you can kind of remember why Tom Sandoval did Howie Mandel's podcast. He did it as a solid to his battered wife, Jason, at the time. And Jason was his really his only companion. Like it was him and Kyle Chan were the only ones that were still sticking around there. So Jason comes over and I mean, this is the truth. Tom pays for the house. Sounds like he's the only one paying for the house. And if Ariana doesn't want him to have a party there, technically Tom can say F you. And Jason's like, are you even allowed to not, like, aren't you allowed to do whatever you want in that house, in that party? You should be allowed. So anyway, they have, they decide to have the party. Meanwhile, I just looked at the time and I've got a heart out at 12. So we got to get the show on the road. Meanwhile, Ariana and Lala go and have this conversation at this adorable uh, smoothie place here in Studio City. I know exactly where it is. And now I want to go to What a Peach. Looked adorable. And Lala's like, whoa, wait, I don't understand. Just move. Just move out. Now, this is the part where I don't understand. Because here we are months and months later and we're in the same boat. Ariana's like, I don't want him to get away with having this house. He already ruined our lives. I don't want him to also have this house. Here's what I'm going to say to Ariana, because Ariana is really, you know, intent on trying to protect her like by principle. I am not moving out of this house. I am not, um, you know, leaving this house until Ariana, protect your peace. Get the F out of that house. Spend whatever money you need to. Lose money in the process. You're, you cannot live like this. And, and I say this with love, but no one can live in that house. I've never seen a messier house in my entire life. There was cat litter on the dining room table. Did anyone notice that? There was a jug of cat litter on the dining room table. You do not own a $2.5 million house and have an assistant that's walking around and a camera crew and you leave cat litter on the dining room table. You two should not be homeowners is the truth, right? Like someone needs to take away this home from them. I'm concerned. There's a lot going on here. So Ariana is acting a little bit in this case, like, it's by principle. And so I really highly, like if Ariana was my friend, I'd be like, get out of there. What are you, why are you doing this to yourself? You're a millionaire. Like get out of there. Okay. What's important to talk about this episode? Of course, we have the Sheena Shea of it all. We have the moments where Sheena goes and sings good as gold rock style. We've all heard this, this version of the song and since then, and I think her music career is coming back and looking good, but I was a little sad for Sheena. I was a little sad for Sheena Shea in this in this case because she had the whole, um, you know, OCD and post uh, maternal like anxiety, postpartum anxiety and OCD. I'm telling you, I mean, 
I don't have a lot of time, but we can get into this 100%. In fact, I'll add it to today's Patreon episode. There's a lot to talk about there because it it is a real thing. And I remember having it severely bad after the birth of Oliver. So I will say for her case, I believe in um, in whatever she's saying is the struggle. And I understand. Now, Tori Keith, let's talk about her babysitter. Tori. Tori's going to be the one that has the 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 love affair, the triangle. She's going to make out with Schwartz. We've seen this in the preview. She's making out with Katie. And she's like, I'm making out with two divorced couples, whatever. Tori Keith, and you guys have seen me, I've talked about this before. Tori Keith used to audition for me since she was 12 years old. The most adorable little girl, the cutest little actress, beautiful, great singer, so good that when I became an agent in 2017, I ended up repping her and working with her. So, um, so anyway, I ended up like, I ended up working with her and bringing her into the agency and it was a great, great experience. I loved, loved, loved working with Tori. So I'm very proud of her. There's so many stories that I think are going to come out with Tori becoming a little bit more of a successful, like front facing person. We go to Pump. We see the end of Pump. We see the 5,000 cameras filming them at Pump. And there was a few other things that happened. Of course, we're going to talk about James and, um, you know, the whole James and um, what's his name? What's her name? Allie. That's, Allie's a little forgettable to me. Very sweet. Very sweet. But James goes to the house and in two seconds, they have a big dust up because he mentions the Kristen Doty of it all. But I will say this really fast. I will say this. Andy Cohen brought it up and watch what happens live. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like Tom dated Kristen Doty after James. It's all bad, but he's not wrong. Okay. But James could not handle that. James came, comes into the season a little bit like trying too hard to be the clean cut, perfect, happy, like got his shit together guy. He's like, you know, I'm wearing glasses now and I'm a homeowner. So I don't stoop to your level, which is just a little bit strange considering that two months ago he did. Okay. There's so much to cover. Maybe I will talk about it later on Patreon. If not, I will finish it up tomorrow. I just realized the time. I do not have any more time to go deeper into the episode, but tomorrow I definitely want to cover in depth about Ariana and Tom and this house and the bills because this will be very, very interesting. I didn't mean to scissor like uh, Kyle and Dorit, but this will be an interesting conversation to have. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your Wednesday and follow along. I will be back tomorrow and more to come. Talk to you guys later. Bye.